Hey guys, I'm Donovan McNabb and I play quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles and I'm here to tell you that you can too if you start every day listening to the Screen Pass podcast. about American football in popular culture. I'm Sheehan, and with me as always is the master of karate and friendship for everyone, Justin Barber. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Sheehan. How you doing? I'm looking forward to talking about Always Sunny tonight. We've had a couple of false starts on uh, on trying to record for various reasons, but I would be remiss, I think, if I didn't get into what stopped me from recording on Thursday night. A mate of mine from cricket is a talent agent, and he gets tickets to movie premieres all the time. And a while back, he had uh, an invite to Jackass 4, so I went along to that. That was awesome. Met Johnny Knoxville. Very, very cool. This time around, he had tickets to the London premiere of Top Gun Maverick, and I bit his hand off when he offered me the chance. What I didn't realise until the very night before was it was the black tie... Tom Cruise, the Royals, their premiere of the movie, and my suit, which was tight before COVID, was very, very tight indeed. I didn't eat at <laughs> all on Thursday to try and squeeze into this thing. I worked from home because I didn't think my suit would last the day if I wore it, um, but ended up getting there without a hitch, thankfully. I got to walk the red carpet at a film premiere. That is amazing. That's awesome, dude. It was so much fun, like absolutely surreal to see all these people in like their penguin suits and the girls done up to the nines, walking on the red carpet, looked over. They had an F-18 inside Leicester Square, which is awesome. It's like the center of London. Whoa. It was super cool. Even one of the guys from the film was taking selfies with it. That's how excited he was. But it was absolutely crazy. There were people like lined up to watch, obviously, these celebrities walk the uh, walk the red carpet. And all of a sudden, they get me waving at them, flashing the peace sign and getting some thanks for coming out. I pointed to some guy in the crowd and said, you're the real Top Gun. Um, (laughs) Just (laughs) an absolutely surreal experience. Um, That's crazy. So all the celebrities were there from the movie. Cruz, Jennifer Connelly, John Hamm, Miles Teller, uh, all all the people. We we saw them from a distance and also... um, uh, Prince William and Catherine Duchess, Duchess of Cambridge, who is um, second in line to the throne. Wow. Yeah, so, you know. I, yeah, super I, duper cool. I did some yard work. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you're a real salt of the earth character. <laughs> <laughs> it was as exciting. My yard looks really good now. I can imagine I'm a big fan of a well-manicured lawn. That's right. That's a great... The other wrinkle in the Top Gun thing is instead of... This is a little bit of spoilers for the film. Instead of volleyball in this one, they play beach football. What? Which means we can cover it. (laughs) Absolutely. And I was... I'd seen the original one. I wasn't... Wasn't not a fan, but it was just... You know, I had no nostalgia for it or anything like that. This film was amazing. And seeing it in the cinema, just incredible. Like the sight, the sound of the planes, uh, the stunts, insane. Definitely recommend seeing it in the cinema. Yeah, I'm, I actually want to see it. I am. I'm in the same boat. I watched it when I was young. Uh, I've, I've seen the movie a million times, but it was maybe just slightly before. I feel like people that are slightly older than me are really into Top Gun, and I was yep. into it, but it. When the new one came out, I definitely want to see it. I saw something where Tom Cruise had the actors actually fly in fighter jets and learn to fly in fighter jets so they could get their real reaction. And that's yep. amazing. What a cool experience. You see it as well. Like, it is all up there. Even if it's in a flight simulator or something like that, They it looks very, very real. Very cool. Like, their reactions looking at them. That's awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, real... Real weird, surreal, awesome experience that I 100% recommend. Go to a film premiere if you can, but uh, make sure you have a suit that fits. <laughs> I'll keep an eye out for you on all the local celebrity sites. See the guy in the background. Oh, 100%. The, the drunk guy in Sadly, the background. 
<laughs> Wasn't that drunk? I um, sadly didn't get a chance to push uh, Screen Pass on anyone. I was hoping, you know, you run into Tom Cruise, go, are you interested in coming on the pod? We'll do a Jerry Maguire episode. We think you'd be the perfect guest. John Hamm, massive Kansas City fan. Don't know about Miles Teller. I was always more of a fan of Penn. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why these guys wouldn't want to jump on the podcast. It really seems like the perfect hype for them. All these actors should really try to get some more publicity, and I think Screen Pass is the perfect pathway to do that. It's an experience you can't buy, and for people with so much money that they can do um, whatever they want. You know, you you can't you can't buy the experience of being on on screen pass but fun tom cruise fact for you before we get into always sunny chat i'm sure this will come up if we ever do another tom cruise film he has a guy in his entourage whose job is to back up his motorcycle for him his uh, cruise rides his motorbike around everywhere his job is to back up his motorcycle and park it so he can just pull out cool and not like awkwardly crab walk his motorcycle back and not look super cool (laughs) which is the worst part of owning a bike i wouldn't mind that job I'm sure he gets paid very, very well to do such a minor task. The technicalities on it are probably a little challenging, though. So I guess this guy has to drive separate in whatever vehicle, just wait for Tom Cruise to end up wherever he is, leave his vehicle. It's probably a pain in the butt, but... I'm sure it's a it's a decent salary. Yeah, I think he's um, he's probably doing okay. I mean, you have to hang out with Tom Cruise, which maybe not for everyone, but um, a decent wedge nonetheless. Well, we're not really going to be talking any more about Tom Cruise tonight. Uh, I'm sure we will be talking about Marky Mark Wahlberg because we watched season three, episode two of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The gang gets invincible. I had forgotten that I'd seen this on a plane once a very, very long time ago. It's a weird place. And that would be the... It's pretty standard, like, plane fare, isn't it? I wouldn't think so. Most of the things I see on planes are extremely... Well, now. Now I usually take my own videos or download them on my phone is, is my game. But anytime I've watched plane material stuff that they've shown on their little TVs or a movie that they've had on there. It's always been pretty subpar stuff. Pretty trash. Pretty trash. When was the last time you watched something on a plane? Like there's there's usually a, a fair range of range of options. Oh, is there? I don't know. Yeah, if well, I suppose because I fly international so much as opposed to like city to city. Most of my plane trips are UK to the US or um, the UK to home. You generally get sort of a, a pocket Netflix, if you like, to go through and choose from a range of range of movies and TV shows and everything like that. And Always Sunny is invariably on there. Wild. Yeah, normally I'm just flying East Coast to West Coast or somewhere in between. Yep. And uh, the flights usually don't have that great of an offering. But that's cool to know. It's good to while away uh, an hour, hour and a half. That's That was probably most of my exposure to Always Sunny. You, you're a pretty big fan of it, aren't you? I am. I really like the show, and I always have for, for a long time. I, was, I watched it when it first came out, and I just continued to watch it. In the beginning, I was more into it. It's probably similar along the lines of when we talked about Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Earlier episodes, I... I gravitated more towards the show. I still love it. I still think it's great. And I think these last seasons that they've done have been very funny, very cool. I don't watch them right away when they come out or anything, though. I normally catch up somewhere during the season or after the season. But I love the yep. show. Yeah, it's a, a show that I've always drifted in and out of, I suppose. I remember the hype and everyone be like, oh, my God, Always always Sunny so good. Uh, around the same time that everyone was also going on about Arrested Development. And th- I, they always felt like the ones that people were, were pumping up while I was sort of getting stuck into Kirby enthusiasm. But I've always really enjoyed it. I've never not sat through an episode and uh, and not laughed. I will say, however, this episode, and we'll, we'll get into more episode chat later, I didn't think it was that, that good compared to plenty of others that I have seen. Yeah, so I think when it came out, it was pretty funny. I remember this as being one of my favorite episodes of the show. But the thing with the show is it's very early on. I think, uh, what season are they in now? Do you know offhand? 17 it Something must be like more that. than that it, oh, well, it started if this is season 3 2007 2005 yeah 17 maybe yeah somewhere around there 17 18 in that range and this is season 3 so even looking at this the characters aren't 
as developed as they get over time. Yep. Uh, Charlie in this one is pretty straightforward. He's like a pretty straightforward guy. All of them kind of are. Dennis is a little cocky on himself, and Mac does that kind of macho, over-masculine thing, but it's all muted compared to the way they develop over time. So the show has time. Yeah. As the show goes on over time, they all get way more extreme in these little nuances they had in the beginning. But in this one, and we'll talk about it, there's the introduction of Green Man. Um, just all, all sorts of stuff kind of comes up in this one. So I've always remembered it as one of my one of my favorite episodes during that era. Well, after the first time I watched this, I then went to later seasons. And it is, you're right, it's a totally different beast. And then I went back to season three. And I probably enjoyed the roughness of season three. And I'd seen a lot of those episodes as well, but it's... It's weird because Frank is the, um, he's like the off the deep end wacky character. Yeah. with And in the later ones, it's all of them. Right. And so just a little history of the show. The show was invented by the main three characters, which is Charlie Mack and Dennis. Rob McElhenney, Glenn Howard and Charlie Day. Thank you. Um, and when they first started the show, it was really kind of low budget. They did it on a camcorder. They had no budget. They were really looking for a show that uh, most sitcoms are about uniting and friends and bonding and getting it together. And they went the opposite direction. So this is kind of the anti-friends, really. They're, they'll throw each yeah. other under the bus. They... You know, they're they're all awful. They're all horrible people, which makes this which is what makes the show, you know, any issues that people have in any area of social conduct or politics, they embody the worst part of that. But early on, the first season is pretty tame. It kind of addresses that. They kind of address the issues. They're kind of horrible people. But the ratings didn't do really well. And then they brought in Danny DeVito. And his character always out of the gate has been kind of crazy off the deep end, breaking the rules way beyond where they should be broken. And then slowly all the other characters kind of fell right into that routine. They all have their niche, if you will, but they're all crazy now. It's in the same realm. I think if, you know, if you're talking from an NFL sense, this is from the Seinfeld coaching tree where it's horrible people and sometimes it works out for them, sometimes it doesn't, but they're all all massively assholes. And Seinfeld Curb is obviously in that same same realm as well. That's Seinfeld if George was the main character. And, and that's obviously Larry David is that dialed to 11 as well. But this is just totally off the deep end in terms of craziness. One of the episodes, again, that I'd seen before that I watched after this was where um, Dennis just goes totally nuts trying to get women to rate him uh, after he dates them and goes on blind dates with them all. Right. <laughs> and they're trying to teach Charlie how to date. Because like in this one, Charlie's Charlie's crazy, but he's not, not stupid. No. And then obviously in the later ones, you're like, this guy, I'm pretty sure he can't read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Charlie in this one is just a little neurotic, maybe, at best. Mm. He just wants to be left alone. He starts off as kind of a lovable idiot in the show. Mm. And then he starts stalking the waitress who hates him and hooks up with every other member of the group. Then he starts really, there's a, there's in the following season, season four, the gang solves the gas crisis. That's where he starts to derail. They call him the wild card in it, which, which <laughs> yep. everyone knows that line. Wild card, bitches. It's a, at, the, at the very end, if you haven't seen this episode, at the very end of the episode, he's just kind of in the background being goofy, being dis- disruptive in a way that just doesn't help their plans. And at the very end, they're like... The van, the van brakes are cut. Someone cut the thing, and Charlie's like, "I cut the, I cut the brake line." Wild card bitches, yeah! And he opens up the back door and jumps out and rolls. Charlie and I will use that reward money to pay off our electricity bill. Then we'll probably buy some more gasoline because I feel like that's a great plan. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm saying no. The brakes, guys. Why are the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes. Wild card, bitches! Yeah! 
and they cry, they crash the van and it explodes. From then, he has a very quick decline where all of a sudden he's illiterate. He can't spell. When he does try to do it, it's always gibberish. He huff, he starts yep. huffing glue and everything in sight and <laughs> eats cat food. He becomes an expert in bird law. He just completely goes off the deep end. But in this one, he's very, very tame. I wonder if in the, I guess, mythology continuity of the show, whatever it is, that living with Frank is what makes him weirder and weirder and weirder. That makes sense. Yeah, because when they first move in, I think they're a little more on the chill side. They're they're getting crazy, but then they really go nuts. Kitten mittens and all that stuff. It just really goes off the deep end. You, you touched on this being one of your favorite episodes. Which others are your favorite? It's, it's, it's kind of hard to pin. It's almost like when we talked about Family Guy, where there's a lot of favorite parts that I have. But there are some episodes I really like. They do this 80s parody where they go to a mountain and this is kind of a connective tissue to our last episode a little bit where they show up to the mountain to ski and then it becomes this thing where they have to save the mountain and the group's divided. I watched this one the other night. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. It's pretty funny. And Dennis becomes the bad guy with Frank as the big rich guy. (laughs) He's going to buy the mountain and Dennis becomes his lackey that's going to ski. And he comes comes up with that crazy laugh that... Or something nutty <laughs> like that. This ought to be rich. <laughs> it's really a good one, I think. And they address yep. another good thing about this show is this show is not for the politically correct, but they do address all that stuff. So in this one with yep. the mountain, like 80s movies, the guy's like, yeah, let's party. And he's tearing off tops of women. And they're like, <laughs> That's right. they're like he's trying to do porkies. <laughs> like, dude, can you chill the fuck out? Like, That's illegal. That's assault, man. And they're like, everything that happens on the mountain stays on the mountain. And you, you end yep. up finding in the episode that Frank actually hired all these uh prostitutes to be on the mountain so that's why they didn't care but the main dude at the end gets arrested for all these sexual assault charges Uh, that's right it's just um it's funny so kind of the cool thing about the show is they do address politics in a way but they completely makes fun of both sides and the gang is always on the worst version of whatever side that you're on and through that they make a commentary i think it's through complete absurdity but it's almost like they're so bad that you're waiting for them to lose like you want the stuff to bite them in the ass and eventually it always does there's no positive growth through these characters at all no, they just get worse and worse. Worse. And you, you've got to respect as well in terms of them getting worse and worse. What Rob McElhenney does and puts his body through for comedy when oh, he's getting real fat and then real shredded. And he did that as as a joke. You know, he's like, <laughs> he gained a tremendous amount of weight because he's like, I just thought it'd be neat to do it. And he went through this whole <laughs> thing on how to gain weight. He has a whole talking point on how to gain weight and then the very next season he's just absolutely shredded like above and beyond (laughs) shredded it's uh it's crazy all in the name of comedy yeah ridiculous charlie day glenn howerton and rob McElhenney have a podcast where they go through all the episodes of of the show and i was listening to their episode about this and interesting stories but nothing that you know, nothing that I'm going to share with you here, dear listener, but I, you know, if you're interested, go and listen to the episode. But they get Caitlin Olsen on the phone and it's the first time she's been on the show. And she talks about her character development from very early on, just being like the wet blanket. Stop having fun, boys, to um, an absolute nutter herself. Right. So it's kind of nice that they, it really is all of them who are, who are crazy. There isn't the one sane man. 
a trope within it. And then other people come in and they're just as nuts as well. We get the McPoyles in this episode. Oh, yeah. I watched another episode where um, uh, David Wallace from The Office uh, is coming in and they they play uh, is it Charlie McDennis and it turns out he's a plant from Frank. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> Good Absolutely. Stuff. Was it donkey brained? Donkey brained. Yeah, and they found that he got a certificate that he's not donkey brained, if I remember correctly. <laughs> the end of it. That's right. Frank, you're not donkey brained. There is a bar in London. In fact, there's three of them now. It's a Philadelphia themed bar, and they constantly are showing if it's not Phillies or Eagles games, it'll be always sunny on a loop in there. So I've seen a lot of those, incidentally, as I'm feeding my face full of cheesesteaks and uh, old bay fries. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. They really did put together what I think is a pretty strong group of just degenerates in into this. Uh, some yep. interesting things is um, Rob McAlini and Kate Olsen are married. So they started dating yep. on the show and they're married. It's cool in the show because Mac despises Dee, thinks she's gross. I mean, eventually... Mac becomes gay in the show, but he's always just found her very gross. And then Charlie Day is married to uh, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, and she's the waitress on the show. And he's obsessed with her, and she's disgusted with him and despises Charlie. Good little, I guess inside baseball knowledge. Understand, I guess, those off-screen dynamics as well. I remember it being a big deal when they revealed Mac's name. Right. To Ronald McDonald. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I I always thought they got it wrong and it should have been Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It was right there. (laughs) As in, you know, his name's Ronald Donald. (laughs) Which, yeah. in, in and of itself, also a very funny name. But no, it's it's tremendous. And of course, there's Rob Mack and his tie to the UK is that he and Ryan Reynolds own Wrexham FC, a, a football club over here. Oh, right on. And uh, one of the first things they did was they made the club's away kit in Philadelphia Eagles colours. And they are today, in fact, lost the FA Trophy final to Bromley, which is the suburb in South London. The FA Trophy, not to be confused with the FA Cup. The FA Cup, obviously, is the the big dog of knockout trophies over here. The FA Trophy is for shit teams, basically. So they're, they're not in... I think they're in Division 5 or something like that. So they're the late, the level below League 2, if you're a um, an English football fan and understand how the pyramid works over here. They bought it and they're trying to uh, basically do create a club like you might on a, a football game with their own team. That's wild. Mac is the one that's from Philly. And so it was his idea mm-hmm. to bring the show to Philly, which just has a better spin on it. I mean, you don't get I mean, look, I'm, I'm from Baltimore, so I can kind of talk. It's in the same vein of just kind of one of these smaller, dirtier cities. They just have a lot of quirks <laughs> to it, I guess. We talked about Charlie's progression. Mac has one of the best progressions in the show. I mean, in the beginning, in this episode, we're going to discuss he's really just an overmasculine man that leans Mm. into heterosexuality way too much. So it was a really nice pivot when they started making him in in the gay realm. You know, it was like kind of like, what are you compensating for? was kind of the joke. And that went on for a while. And then it's basically, well, I'm gay. And he used... He came out being gay to get a scratch-off ticket. He had to admit that he was gay, <laughs> and he got a scratch-off ticket. <laughs> but the whole time, he's hiding it. He's hiding it through his extreme Catholicism, and um, it's kind of to the point where it's ridiculous. And he's always doing karate, which he doesn't obviously know anything about, <laughs> and always talking about how buff his body is. I feel like... Karate is one of those things that there's there's a real weird subculture of it. People older than us certainly like Bruce Lee posters and being really into martial arts. And I always find it funny when there is someone who is like too into karate. It was a real big <laughs> 80s thing, you know? It, yeah. And when we look back to our Police Academy episode, Lavelle Jones, just out of the blue, did karate, and all of a sudden he was a character that did karate because it was just so popular. <laughs> yeah. And that's where exactly. Mac is. He's, he's this 80s kid that's growing up now and pretending like he knows karate, and everyone knows he does, like he looks ridiculous. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think there's. I have a feeling there's references to karate in this episode as well. I could be wrong. For sure. And Max's parents in real life, he was raised by two moms. So that's a little fun fact that a lot of people don't know. Uh, Again, you can look at the show and you can tear it apart through a politically correct lens if you want to. That's kind of the point of the show is that it just attacks all that stuff. He talked about how he's always wanted to kind of raise awareness and bring some of these issues to light through the show. So that's from Mm. his words of what he's trying to do. And I think some of that comes in because when he actually tells his father the play that he does where he dances and stuff is actually a really nice play. Like it's not there's humor in all of it, but it ends up actually being really nice. The Gang Gets Invincible came out in 2007, written by Rob McElhenney, Glenn Howerton, and Charlie Day. Glenn Howerton, great name. I like a two-end Glenn. Absolutely. Directed by Fred Savage, who apparently got cautioned by the police whilst directing this episode. Did he really? Uh, Yeah, for hanging out the top of a limo in the streets of Philly. (laughs) (laughs) Fred Savage from really the wonder years i mean that's his claim to fame he's done so much stuff looking into this he directed this episode he's directed several other series episodes that i had no idea connective tissues if if we want to use this as one of the seven degrees of separation he did several voices in family guy and he was i was gonna say yeah he played there's the episode of family guy where it's rush limbaugh and someone else some like right it's a right wing and a left wing Uh, michael moore and rush limbaugh peter and lois think they're they're a gay couple and it turns out that fred savage is both of them and it just (laughs) ends with wow fred savage is the greatest actor there's ever been it's quality (laughs) and yeah i know he's done a couple voices on that he was also a character in boy meets world which kind of connects to our older podcast when we talked about Friends and TGIF. Glenn Howerton, Dennis, who we haven't really talked too much about yet, uh, he did voices on The Family Guy as well. So that's a connection right there. I would imagine all of them have at some point. The shows have both been going. I'd be surprised if Danny DeVito isn't in an episode. He's, of course, famously Homer Simpson's brother. It is easy to connect Danny DeVito to anything. Like, if we want to go through this, we talked about romancing the stone being one of the big release the year that police academy was released danny devito was in that we talked about space jam and some earlier shows he's in that Mm. and of course he was in the tv show taxi which bubba smith made an appearance so if we want to do seven degrees of separation we could probably take danny devito for almost all of our episodes and plug him in the the man is everywhere I'm sure he's been in a film with Kevin Costner or Jennifer Garner as well. For sure. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's fantastic in this episode as well. He really is. It just him where he's tripping out on acid and he thinks he's stuck in a bathroom. We're jumping around a bit here. Let, let's we'll, so <laughs> we'll come back to that. But him, the line, I think it might even be his last line of the episode. He's standing in a bin and he just goes, am I standing in poop? <laughs> <laughs> Lizard, am I standing in poop? He's great. He's great. He really um, brought this show together. You know, he was he was the missing yeah. piece that that pulled the show forward. I think so. He's the um, the fourth type of heat or third type of heat if you're a, a Thirty Rock fan. The plot synopsis here is Dennis, Dennis, Dennis McIntyre. Dennis. <laughs> that sort of sounds like how someone might say it, maybe from New York. Dennis. Dennis Mac and D attend open tryouts for the Eagles, and Charlie and Frank tag along and take acid. First question for you Could a mouse kill a scorpion? Well, no. No, definitely not. <laughs> I guess it depends. I, I mean, we're I not talking about a rat, right? We're no, talking no, it's about a mouse. a mouse. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, a rat maybe could. Baltimore rat sure could. Oh, a, rat, a rat definitely yeah, could. For sure. But mouse, it, scorpion, easy, easy peasy. The episode opens with them basically yelling at the top of their lungs, drunken in a bar. And on the podcast, they talk about that was one of the complaints that they used to get about the show is everyone's constantly yelling it's just people in a bar. So they, I guess to a degree, meta comedy, hanging a lampshade on it, whatever you want to call it. 
they've just gone, we're going to open this episode with everyone shouting in a bar and drunk to show that they're, they're sort of aware of the shortcomings of the show. Right. And I get that. I mean, that happens all the time. I mean, gosh, I think back to some of the argument. Well, not, not even arguments, maybe like really heated debates that I've had in bars. I remember one time me and my friends were going on and on and on about which one's better, Nirvana or Pink Floyd. And it was like an hour we talked about this nonsense debate. Two totally different <laughs> genres, two totally different times, but everyone's drinking and everyone has an opinion. So I do think it's... That Nirvana, much better than Pink that Floyd. That was always my argument. Always my argument. Mm. Uh, landmark, you know. But anywho, it's neither here nor there. This episode is obviously based around Invincible, a 2006 film starring Marky Mark Wahlberg. As they call it multiple times in the show, the New Kids on the Block movie. <laughs> I love that. Every, every <laughs> character called it the New Kids on the Block movie. Of course, Donnie Wahlberg is in New Kids on the Block. But Marky Mark was in New Kids on the Block before they got big as well. Yeah, and, um, he quit. The, he, yeah, he quit to become Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And At the time, it was probably seemed like a bad idea. But then in the long road, obviously, I mean, n- none of the other New Kids on the Block did anything. And he, as no. we all know, we don't refer to him as Marky Mark anymore. Well, I do, but most people don't. Yeah, he's he's gone on to have a, a nice career. You know, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Boogie Nights, fantastic film. For sure. Maybe not so much some of... He's not in too many good films, Mark Wahlberg. I think <laughs> Boogie Nights is probably the best film that he's in. What was that? Um, he's not an especially good actor. What was that one with Tina Fey and... Was it Steve Carell where they're going out and they end up on this crazy, this crazy mission? It's like they go out for a date. Maybe it's called date night. Maybe that's it. Oh, and they yeah, end up, yeah, yeah. And he just keeps showing up without a shirt on. <laughs> and at one point, Steve Carell's like, for the love of God, put a shirt on. <laughs> to me, that's Mark Wahlberg. That's like his thing. He's the dude that shows up shirtless. Andy Samberg's impression of, was it Mark Wahlberg talking to animals oh, from God. Saturday Night Live or Mark, Mark hey, Wahlberg dog. yelling at plants? <laughs> hey, dog, you're a dog. Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> hey, turtle, how's it feel to be a turtle? Okay, good. Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> hey, goat. It's good to see you. I like your beard. I had a beard like that in The Perfect Storm. Did you see that movie? You just... Did you see the perfect storm go? <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me, okay? I've probably get done uh, done the Departed dirty here as well. That's a very good film that he's in. Oh, probably um, the best. That's that's one of the top of my list. I love the Departed. And I, I sort of don't want to delve too deeply into Invincible because I imagine at some point we will come back. Whether we cover it as its own episode or just part of one of these schlocky Disney football movies, who's to say? Right. But this that came out in 2006. This episode is 2007. This was prime Invincible time. I think it's funnier now to think about it as there being a long distance between it. As if this episode was something like, you know, the gang gets Gus and they are trying to find an animal to kick field goals. I feel like that makes it funnier because it's just such an outdated reference. The fact that it's sort of a year after makes it, you know, it, it's a timely episode. Rob sure. McElhenney is a massive football fan. Uh, they're talking about um, Super Bowl Ten. I think it is, or Super Bowl XX, 1985, uh, on this the podcast episode about about this episode. Charlie's saying, oh, the score was something like 60 to 3. And Rob McElhenney goes, 46-10. And they ended up looking up, and that's exactly what it was, 46 to 10. Wow. Clearly a massive fan. Well, throughout the show, they all the characters are Eagles fans. Yep. Like big time, every single one of them. Uh, and they reference the Eagles a lot. Mm-hmm. And they reference the Link a lot. So it, it makes sense. I think this is a, a nice a nice tie-in episode. Have you ever attended an open tryout for anything? No. No, I don't think I have. Have you? I did uh, first 11 soccer at school. And then just after I left school, there was a reality program called Cricket Superstar where they were going to take 12 people or whatever and the winner of them would get a state contract with or would get a contract with their state cricket team. And I had intended to go to that, but it was too hungover. (laughs) (laughs) So it's probably best that you didn't. And Uh, even better that you didn't make it because (laughs) do you think that would have been a long-lived contract? (laughs) I I don't think so. Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) Although the guy that won it um, has ended up playing for about 
10 or so years over here in the UK where it's easier than in Australia. So good good for Ian Holland. Shout out to Ian. I also, around the time, I think it was the XFL, the AAF, one of these breakaway leagues, they were talking about doing open tryouts. And if they'd have held open tryouts in the UK, I would have gone along to, to see if I could punt in the uh, in one of these these leagues having played grown up playing australian football i you know i got a leg on me nice uh, and and you know then i would actually have a decent anecdote for this section rather than just rambling half remembered uh, tv programs well, i think it's kind of our mo the rambling thing it's good <laughs> we're, we're staying on brand <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's have a look at this episode chronologically because otherwise it's going to end up like the Police Academy episode and just an absolute dog's breakfast. As always, 10.30am on a Wednesday. Mac, Dennis and Dee find out that the Eagles are holding open tryouts. Mac and Dennis, obviously ultra competitive, want to go along. Dee gets involved because why shouldn't a woman play football? Yada, yada, yada. Oh, it's just funny because she's, they're all going to try out, which obviously they have no shot at being on the Eagles. That's the whole joke of the show. And then Dee says she's going to try out and then they just kind of really berate her. And it's your kind of classic chauvinist stuff like, well, it's not about cooking and blah, blah, blah. But then they do a little sidebar and they're like, well, well, she can't try out, can she? Because what if, if she beats us, that's going to be very embarrassing for us. And they start <laughs> to get scared that she's going to be better than them because she's like, you guys are out of shape. You're in awful shape. There's no way you can do this. Max, like, is that true? Is that true? Frank and Charlie come in and announce they will tailgate the tryouts. Dennis asks Charlie if he's going to break out the green man costume, to which he persistently declines, despite the spurs of the rest of the gang. Just explains that green man got him through some tough times in high school, but is done with the character and just wants to relax at the event. I don't think I've seen another episode where green man shows up. What's his deal? So it's apparently something that Charlie wore in high school at sporting events. And we don't know anything about it at this point, but that. So he does show up in this and I'm pretty sure he does pop up in other episodes. Even if, even if it's minimal, Green Man is kind of one of those classic, iconic, always sunny things. Anyone that watches Always Sunny knows about Green Man. It says here he's, uh, he shows up in season four, season five, season six, and uh, three times in season 13. There it is. Later at the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium, the Lincoln Financial Field, the Link. The Link. D approaches Mac and Dennis dressed as a man named Cole Armstrong. That's a, that's a great football <laughs> that's a name. great name. And tells them that she'll try out with them before they finish the conversation. All three learn the tryouts will be held at the Link as they had hoped, but a small neighboring high school. They're fantastic. The guy who's uh, running the tryouts and just losing his shit at them. Over nothing. Uh, all these- yeah, like immediately. <laughs> it's like, move, move, move. <laughs> Because he just doesn't move want to it, be there. Move it, move it, move <laughs> it. You think you dipshit's going to play on the same field that champions play on? Where are we going? Where are we going? We're going to a shitty high school in Bucks County. Now get your ass on the bus. If I say it one more time, if I say it one more time, if I say it one more time, sprint to the bus, sprint to the bus. He clearly doesn't want to be there. And he's like, we're just doing this so you guys will stop harassing us about this yeah. damn New Kids on the Block movie. <laughs> and at, at some point, Dennis says there's so many people in capes or there's more people in capes than I thought. There are so many people That's in That's hilarious. Capes. Do you get that reference? I don't at all. I don't think it has an invisible tie. I think it's just something they threw in there. Or I'm sorry, invincible tie. I think it's something that they threw in there. It's just, it's really funny though. I think that's exactly it, is they just thought we're going to make it up. I think maybe they got a bunch of LARPers and that's exactly it. <laughs> they were like, let's just get these people in capes because uh, Dee's talking to one of them on the bus and he's jealous of her mustache. <laughs> yeah, I can't grow and He's one. wearing a football cape his mum made for him. She's like, that's a- And Dee's response is something like, oh, she's quite quite the seamstress or something. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet cape. And he's like, yeah, my mom made it. <laughs> It's perfect. <laughs> then they're not going to be at the link. They go to some neighboring high school. They get on the bus. Frank and Charlie follow them on the bus. Doyle McPoyle, brother of the McPoyle twins, fusses with Mac and Dennis, angry that they don't believe he can make the team. Well, Dennis is also smoking a cigarette on the bus, which just yeah, goes in line. He's, pu- he's punching the dart <laughs> on the, on the, and the, the windows up on a bus. They get an argument with this. Um, 
McBoyle that they, you know, from from previous episodes, it wasn't he wasn't a character, but the family obviously was because he wants him to put out the cigarette because he's straining for the Eagles. <laughs> the McPoyles, I imagine, take a lot of inspiration from the O'Doyles in Billy Madison. That's what I always think about too. <laughs> Rules. And and we get Doyle McPoyle. I think this is his only appearance because they talk on the podcast about having totally forgotten that that was a character. Yeah. Yeah. And the McPoyles are just this kind of gross inbreeding family. Like this character, has, he's big and he's got a very, very heavy unibrow, thick one inch <laughs> unibrow. And they all just they all just look pretty gross there's always something wrong with them and they're strange and weird and they keep showing up throughout the show yeah they're sort of regular antagonists they show up a couple of episodes later and the gang gets held hostage which seemingly is revenge for the events of this episode yeah they're they're just strange they're obsessed with milk they only drink like warm milk and like room temperature milk i think it's bizarre at the high school, Frank and Charlie set up their tailgate, but the McPoyle twins invade their space with a large mobile home. I'm a big fan of Liam McPoyle's Hawaiian shirt. Yes. It's it's pretty cool. Charlie having a history with the McPoyles is upset at their presence. When he asked them to move their mobile home, they declined because of the space they need for their family, and a dozen members of the McPoyles spill out. Apparently, they were all, like, dressed and holding props that um, the cast didn't know they'd have. <laughs> and so when Charlie says something like, oh, good, you've brought your fife, that was... Yeah. And that was <laughs> he had no idea that that was going to be like this there. weird jar with stuff, and he's like, what? what is that a jar of? What is that a jar of? Is <laughs> I have no idea what this family's doing. There is some there is some fun inside baseball um, facts. In, and in fact, I'm going to tease it and say there's some good stories about the, the guy who plays the angry guy running the tryouts in this podcast episode. I'll, I'll let you let them tell the stories, but they are uh, well worth listening to. Not as good as this podcast, obviously. Meanwhile, out on the tryout field, D, Mac and Dennis anxiously await the, ri- the arrival of Donovan McNabb, <laughs> but are crushed to see an impersonator drive up in an old inexpensive car. The man who looks little like the Eagles quarterback advertises McNabb. McDonald's products and abruptly leaves demanding his paycheck. <laughs> I'm Donovan McNair. Uh, I play quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm here to tell you that you can too if you start every day with a hearty breakfast from McDonald's. Uh, like the new sausage egg McGriddle value meal, available now for a limited time for under $5. Uh, remember, guys, real champs, eat at McDonald's. I'm loving it. Can I get the check? That's good. What the hell was that? Thanks, Donnie. <laughs> that was not Donovan that McNabb. That was not Donovan McNabb. Yes, it was. It was like a McDonald's plug. Was that the guy from the Cosby show? Was that the guy from the Cosby show? That was the guy from the Yeah, he was married to Sarah. Alvin. Alvin. Oh, he, they had awesome. Raven Simone. That's, that's so Raven. That's not the guy from, you know what? Splits. Oh. Now, my understanding is this guy shows up multiple times pretending to be other people. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, is he, he shows up in a busted up car, gets out. The guys, I mean, obviously not in shape. They're pretending it's Donovan McNabb, who played for the Eagles from 10 years in uh, 1999 to 2009. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think everyone pretty much knows who he is. He took the Eagles to the Super Bowl in 2005. I think Andy Reid was the coach then. Is that right? That was the Andy Reid yeah, era. They lost, yeah, they lost. Uh, to, no, I think it might have been 2003. They lost to the Patriots. Yep, yep, that's right. Pats came out ahead. Uh, 24 to 21 but it was a pretty close game uh but either way this guy shows up he's out of shape he's clearly not donovan McNabb. does a plug for mcdonald's and then matt goes who is this guy isn't that the guy from the cosby show and they're like wait yeah and and they start talking about the cosby show and it actually was the guy from the cosby show and he shows up throughout the series as different people pretending to be different people it's it was it felt like classic always sunny where you've got the like two of them going off on their own thing. It, it happens in a, in a later episode with Dennis and Dee about Steve Winwood at a uh, an exercise class that they go to, and they just want to keep talking about Steve Winwood. And sometimes uh, they'll even cut them off during their talk. Like you can tell, it's not important <laughs> even to the show. <laughs> 
Back at the tailgate, Frank ingests LSD for its hallucinogenic effects and secretly puts it in a beer and gives to Charlie. He then goes to the restroom inside the McPoyle trailer, but as he attempts to leave, he becomes locked in. As the tryouts commence, Mac and Dennis quickly learn the rigors of contact football are far too strenuous. Mac is forcefully tackled by Doyle McPoyle. Dennis is hit in the head by football. Dee, however, has a unique skill set. She's able to kick the football long distances because of her long, slender body and stalk-like wide feet. That's funny. Yeah, there's a little bit to unpack there. I mean, I think we'll let's save let's save the Charlie and Frank portion till after it. On the field, they start doing hit drills, and and they're yeah. like, pick a partner to do hit drills, and immediately Mac is like, I pick. D, whoever her character is. I pick D. And then it's Cole. It, I pick Cole. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it has D standing there. And Mac tackles her from like, he's almost horizontal completely in the air and just sacks her hard, hard. And then they're like, all right, let's switch partners. And then McDo- McBoyle's like, I, I pick him and he picks Mac. And then the exact same scene happens to Mac with the McBoyle. Just totally gets, gets laid out. Up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good scene. It is upset. Mac and Dennis seek Frank's advice at the tailgate. Arriving, they see Charlie dressed as Green Man dancing with McPoyle's family in an acid-induced trance. I did quite like that because they Charlie doesn't realize he's put Green Man on yeah. and he's doing Green Man. Yeah, the... As Charlie starts to, so if you missed it, Frank spikes Charlie's beer with acid because he doesn't want to trip alone. And their decline into acid is awesome from a filming perspective. I mean, first it's Charlie and they show one of the McBoyles talking to him and it's real close and his mouth's talking real fast. And Charlie has an internal monologue going on and he's like, is he just going to talk at me? I, I'm going to I'm gonna lose my shit. And he's going on and on. And then he's like, what's wrong with him? Maybe his skin's too tight. And then it ends with the McBoyle going, my skin's not too tight. And Charlie's like, what? He's been talking out loud. And then Frank is in the bathroom room and everything's blurry and from like a fisheye lens and he's freaking yep. out and he sees uh artemis who is one of d's friends throughout the episode throughout the series and she tells him to climb into the toilet she's like <laughs> into, her mouth, into her mouth which is the toilet he's like into the toilet and he climbs in there <laughs> So the, the acid trip's really funny. And then when we hit back to Charlie, it's all the McBoyles dancing all crazy, you know, pan, playing pan flutes and weird <laughs> washboards and stuff. They're just being ridiculous. And then it hits Charlie and he's covered in a full bright green latex bodysuit covering him completely, face, whole body. And he's just losing his mind. He's like, can't believe I'm dancing with the McBoyles. He's like, don't worry about it. Just go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the McPoyle twins approach him excited to announce that their brother Doyle McPoyle has been invited to the Eagles training camp. Uninterested Mac and Dennis search for Frank. They basically come up to Charlie and they're like, what are you doing with Green Man? Like, where's Frank? And Charlie then points over and Frank's standing in a bin <laughs> just out, out the middle of nowhere. And it's the, the reveal that he wasn't actually trapped in the bathroom. He wasn't trying to climb into the toilet. And that's where he... Well, he says that something, he calls Charlie a lizard. Yeah, Artemis is standing next to him, and she was the one that appeared in the toilet, and she's like, isn't this wild? He's in the trash can. I think he pooped in there. <laughs> yeah. Am I standing in poop? <laughs> yeah, Frank, give me the gun. We're in a hurry. Come on. Where is it? It's in your hand. Wait, 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 wait. When the hell did I put Green Man on? I don't know. That lizard talks. Where? Where? I don't like lizards! We don't have time for this. Frank, just Frank, give us a gun! gun. Whoa, 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 whoa! Lizard, am I standing in poop? <laughs> That's quality. Uh, <laughs> on the tryout field, Dee reveals to the remaining participants and coach that she's in fact a woman. She does, though, I'm going to kick again, like, uh, and I'm going to do it as a woman, and rips off her, uh, her fake moustache and lets her hair down. Gloats that she'll kick the football 60 yards to show women can be as good a football player as men. As she punches, she shatters the bones in her foot. <laughs> yeah, because no one in Always Sunny can ever win, ever. 
It's the running theme of the show. Dee hurries to meet up with the rest of the gang who are all trying to coax Frank into giving up the firearm he's waving <laughs> around. I think Dennis goes to get the gun just to try and to wound Dee or just to, no, it's to distract her while she kicks. He's going to startle her when she kicks. The funny thing is they always, they're all acting really casual about Frank having a gun. They're like, do you have your gun on you? And he's pulling it out and he's on acid. So he's pointing it at him and yelling. And they're all just like, stop pointing that thing at us. Like, so he at one point yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. After Mac and Dennis brag, they'll write about D not being enough for the Eagles. Frank accidentally fires his gun at Doyle McPoyle, who screams because he's shot in the leg. The episode ends with the gang frantically running from the scene of the accident. And um, Dennis says something like, uh, that's going to come back and bite us in the ass, which it does two episodes later when the uh, the McPoyles take them hostage. Right. The whole show kind of ends with all the, well, the one McPoyle looks at the, the leg that's shot and he's like, no, he yells to the heavens and then all the McBoyles just start surrounding them and then it just cuts to credits it was a solid ending it, it was a good episode as I say I think it was I think it was fine uh, sure. overall it, it was good but it, a bit like the um, bit like the Family Guy episode I, I think if you're not really into football it might not be your favourite one Frank being on acid is hilarious I, I don't know I, I think the actual A plot of them trying out for the Eagles isn't that funny right or, or it could be funnier. Sure. And there are certain funny moments, like the Donovan McNabb guy. I think maybe it's just like the culmination of it is is not that good. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I, I liked it a lot when it was out. Then now going back and watching it, I don't find it as as funny as I did then. The characters have come a long, long way. The show humor has kind of come a long way and gotten more extreme. So it's a very milder version of Always Sunny. If you're starting yep. out and you want to check out Always Sunny, I mean, it's always it's always good to start at the beginning, but this is going to be a tamer version than when you start hitting season 10 and 12 and and all those ones later where they're all more honed and crafted as characters. I was going to say, even within the context of season three, the other episodes of this season that I watched, I didn't really enjoy them as much as this one. Mm. The, the immediate next one is Dennis and Dee's mum is dead, which is a fantastic episode with Frank and, and Dee pretending to be a couple to fleece some guy. We've talked about the gang gets held hostage. Gang solves the North Korea situation is a weird episode, which feels very always sunny. The gang sells out. Sure. Again, very always sunny episode. Sweet Dee's dating a retarded person is sure. <laughs> another, another, I think, classic Always sunny episode. Right, yeah, hundred percent. So I think even within the context of of this season, it's not one of the stronger ones. Still good though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I kind of said my piece on it, I suppose, because it they, there is there's some ups and downs in the show. It's got eight point seven out of ten on IMDb, which is pretty good. Sure. And at the time, also, the show was a bit different compared to everything that was else on. It's not as always sunny as always sunny is. Say that five yep. times fast. But <laughs> at the time when it came out, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, as I say, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's just a middling episode, that's all. And, and if this is a middling episode of your show, you've got a pretty good show. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I love always sunny. Let's talk our draft chart here. Where are you taking sure. Always Sunny in general? This would probably be the highest show I would take so far out of, or out of all the ones we've seen. I think Always Sunny could be, my gut is telling me third round, but I could even go higher. I mean, I really could. I could probably put this in a second round, uh, but I, I feel more comfortable in a third round. It's, it's held up really well as far as a show goes. I think the seasons keep getting i mean they're they're good after a year you're just kind of like where can they go from now from here but they they do keep getting getting better and better there's some of the later ones that i really like there's one where they do a parody of uh, making a murderer mm -hmm. and they do a doc documentary style and they basically imply that Dennis killed his wife and it ends up not being true at all. But there's scenes in that that are like cry laughing. There's one part where the cop talks and he's he said that Dennis was real friendly and blah, blah, blah. And then when I left the room, he stared at the camera for an hour without blinking <laughs> or moving. And it just shows him staring. It's just really funny stuff. They've done a lot of those kind of concept episodes in later sure. seasons. I know they did the Seinfeld one as well. They also did one where they parodied themselves. There was an earlier episode where they did the Wade Boggs record where 
the yep, rumor I have seen is, that episode. <laughs> yeah, where Wade Boggs was said to have drank 70 beers. I think it was 70 on an airplane. And so the gang tries to redo it. I find that hard to believe as a record. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think it's I think it's kind of crazy. But I think that's the, the joke of the show. Legendary in Australian cricket as well is David Boone, uh, who allegedly drank 52 cans of beer on the flight from Sydney to London which is a 27-hour flight or something like that. And Ooh. apparently the record was set in the 1970s, a drinking competition between, like, all of the players in the team. And those who got towards the end uh, had to be wheeled off the plane in wheelchairs. <laughs> and apparently the the novelty of Booney doing is then he walked off under his own steam as well. Oh, right on. Yeah, 52 cans of beer. The Boggs thing, I, I mean, I don't think it's true, but I think that was kind of part of the joke and that was kind of part of the fun as well. And none of them got even remotely close, I don't think. I don't remember the episode, but they would be, they all wore white T-shirts and they would mark them with a magic marker every time they finished it. Yep. And then they parried themselves later, because the good thing about Always Sunny is they're willing to take a jab at everyone. And studios doing this thing where they've been doing remakes of shows but they'll have like an all-women cast we touched on this a little bit in our last episode yep they did that of their own wade boggs where it was just all women instead of the the core gang d at one point is like they're like this is the same thing the guys did this last year two years ago and she's like no that's the whole point it's the same thing but it's with women so it's a new idea (laughs) (laughs) and it was just kind of referencing like the ghostbusters re reboot and all that i mean as you know i like ghostbusters I love the original. I like the new one that just came out. But the Ghostbusters remake, for me, I, I, I want a new idea. And the cast of that Ghostbusters, I love all the actors in it. Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, they're both incredible in Bridesmaids. Kate McKinnon has some of the best SNL skets of recent SNL, like hands down. And Leslie Jones, have you seen her stand-up time machine on Netflix? I haven't. I've got to say, I never really warmed to Leslie Jones on um, on SNL. I actually, I think her best is a cameo in the League, uh, where she's one of the other people in um, Andre's stand-up comedy class. Oh, I know. I don't refer. I don't remember that. We will come to that one. That I think that's my favorite episode <laughs> sure. of the entire. Show. Well, one of my favorites. Oh, we'll definitely do it then. Check out Leslie Jones' stand-up called Time Machine on Netflix. It is hilarious and I agree with you I was never really the parts that they gave her on SNL I didn't you know she was you know kind of funny and stuff but I never really gravitated towards her but that stand up on Netflix is probably one of the best stand ups that's been out in many years I mean it's it's solid it is like some parts I laughed laughed till I cried <laughs> I've checking out but all those shows all those reboots to me they're just a cash grab yep. and we that's connective tissue to our police academy podcast we talk a little bit more about that i would rather see that cast in something new a new idea like a bridesmaids bridesmaids became an instant classic i mean it's an iconic movie so they rebooted their own episode (laughs) with an all-woman cast so they do address stuff like that and it's it's funny it's it's a good it's a good commentary. Hmm. I might have, to, might have to check it out. I've definitely been um, watching more of it since I watched this first one. I've seen a lot of the show. I've seen some of the show, but I've not seen... I don't know it inside out. Like Some of the other stuff we've talked about, like I know uh, some of those episodes fantastic. I'd say I've seen this episode three times now, and I've not seen any of the others maybe more than twice. Gotcha. So we never got to your ranking. Do you have a ranking of the show? I think third round's about right. I can't really put it any higher just because I'm not, I'm not au fait with um, the ins and outs of the show. I've always enjoyed it. I've never watched an episode I don't enjoy, but I'm not going to put it higher than things I do enjoy or things I actively like. Sure. But that said, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching more of it. it. It really is an enjoyable show. This episode, compared to others, I'd, I'd have a little bit later. I think it is better than... I think this is the best episode of any TV show we've watched so far, though. Yeah, this is a good one. This is good. I think I'll change my... I think I'll do the show overall as a second, and this episode as a third. Yep. You know, I think that's kind of where I sit on it, and I do realize I'm probably higher than most on the show. It's just one of the shows I like. Yeah, that's kind of where I would put it. As someone who doesn't watch the show as much, do you have a favorite character? I, I don't know if I have a favorite character. I love Frank. And I, I think Danny DeVito is just so good as him, and I think the fact he's kind of weird 
weird looking and he's got he's got the growly voice and the trash man i enjoy all of them yeah frank what the hell are you doing man that's my character i'm the trash man i come out i throw trash all over all over the ring and then i start eating garbage and then i pick up the trash can and i that's going to be a disaster. No, no, nobody's going to get hurt. I'm telling you, it's like you said, it's all fake. But it has nothing to do with the troops, Frank. A 60-year-old man eating trash? Who wants to see that? No, but that's what people want. You know, Dennis is fantastic in his own way and the way that so narcissistic in the early episodes and then just very clearly a psychopath. See, that's he's my favorite character. And I think it's because of his... I think it's because of his progression. You know, he starts off, he's... I mean, overall, he's like very narcissistic. He's a sex addict. And then he just gravitates into this really unsettling psychopath. He starts off just as this asshole ladies man. And he has this earlier season. Well, I think it's like season season five, somewhere in there. He explains his dentist system, yep. which he made his name into an acronym <laughs> to sleep with women. Yep. And then you find out like Mac has been using it afterwards to pick the women he <laughs> discards to use the term. And then Frank gets the scraps. I get the scraps because the women's expectations are just completely destroyed by then. What is the swooping in business? Oh, that's my system. The Mac. Move in after completion. I wait till you're done with him, and then I swoop in, give him a shoulder to cry on, and then we hump. What are you two dickheads doing here? What are you doing here? What do you mean? I'm here for the scraps. Frank, I haven't had a chance to get in there yet, okay? So just- What do you mean? What's taking you so long? Wait, 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 wait. What, you have a system where you come in after Mac? That's right, I come in after Mac, but he's taking like forever this time. I got my Magnum condoms, I got my Watt 100s, I'm ready to plow. Then you start to see Dennis really go into psychopath mode. There's uh, the next season, the gang buys a boat and he starts talking to Mac and he's like, well, we got to get a mattress because we get women out on the boat alone and they're alone. They're with people they don't know and they'll sleep with us because of the implication. And Mac's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, wait, wait, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, I mean, I mean, because there's an implication out there with strange men. And Mac's like, it sounds like they don't want to sleep with us. And he's like, no, of course they want to sleep with us. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, dude, dude, th- think about it. She's out in the middle of nowhere with some dude she barely knows. You know, she looks around her. What does she see? Nothing but open ocean. Ah, uh, there's nowhere for me to run. What am I going to do? Say no? Okay. That, <laughs> <laughs> that seems really dark. Though. No, no, it's not dark. You're misunderstanding me, bro. Okay? I'm, I'm, I think I am. Yeah, you are. <laughs> because if the girl said no, then the answer obviously is no. No. But the right. thing is, is she's not going to say yeah. no. She would never say no because of the implication. Now you... You've said that word implication a couple of times. What what implication? The implication that things might go wrong for her if she refuses to sleep with me. Now, not that things are going to go wrong for her, but she's thinking that they will. But it sounds like she doesn't want to have Why sex. Why aren't you with understanding? You? I don't. She she doesn't know whether she wants to have sex with me. It's that she doesn't. That's know. not the issue. Are you going to hurt? Be a, women? I'm not going to hurt oh, these women. Okay. Why would I ever hurt these women? I, I feel like you're not getting this at all. I'm at not all. getting it. God damn. Well, don't you look at me like that. You certainly wouldn't be in any danger. So they are in danger. No one's in any danger. How can I make that any more clear to you? Okay, it's an implication of danger. And then he just gets darker and darker. At one point, he tells D he's going to turn her into skin luggage. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to put you in a jar on my shelf. I'm going to chop you up into little bits. And she's like, like part crying. Um, it's just good. It's a, they they do a really good progression of him just becoming more and more still well, a sociopath. He just becomes a real sociopath. Yep. A lot of his moments kind of stuck with me. It is a very funny show. I love um, I love when there's uh, storylines that are. Mac, Frank, and Charlie. And that's a lot of, because it's just three idiots conspiring with each other for ridiculousness. Like I talked about the dating episode, I really like that where they're trying to go to the topics that Charlie shouldn't talk about. (laughs) And they're saying to Mac, like, just don't mention the Jews at all. (laughs) 
Right, yeah. <laughs> it really is a, a very, very funny show. And it, the fact that it's so much of it is just those three guys and it's their show and yep. it's the show they want to do. And the fa- it's still 17 years later and still putting out good episodes. There's not too many shows that can do that. Yeah, I agree. And like I said, I used to watch them when they came out or I'd watch them the next day. And now I've fallen off on that, but there's not a season I haven't missed. And if I miss episodes, I definitely go back and I always have a laugh. It's always solid. Yep. She call it It's Always Solid in Philadelphia. Always solid. Apparently it was supposed to be called It's Always Sunny on TV or The Sun Always Shines on TV or something like that. Oh, interesting. Mm. Um, I didn't know that. Before we, um, before we wrap up the show, do you have any interesting Philadelphia stories? Um, no, I've been to Philly quite a bit. Um, there was a time when we would go up there to do cheesesteak tests. Yep. So um, there's two of them. There's, uh, there's Pat's and Geno's and they're like the competing downtown one. Um, and I was always a, a Pats fan. Yep. So just like you, but in a different <laughs> way, you're a Pats fan, but I'm a different kind of Pats fan. So we would always go there and do that. One time I went to, and I don't know if they do this often, but there was a giant flea market sale. Mm-hmm downtown. It was really cool. It was big. And I ended up buying a gas mask and because we were just buying random stuff. And then we went and saw the, the Liberty Bell and I had my gas mask on and it really freaked people out. A, a cop came over to me and he asked me something and I responded goofy in a way. And he just laughed and he's like, you can't wear that around here. Like, what are you doing? And I just made a couple jokes and then that was that. I wore it for probably 20, 20, 30 more minutes and then took it off. That's fantastic. I've been to Philly once. My um, significant other went to college in Philly and one of her best friends lives lives there. So we've, we went to visit them, went to the baseball, which was awesome. Waited for an Uber and, and saw a bunch of, as Frank Reynolds would call them, whores outside the casino. Whores. <laughs> which was which was fun as well, but this might be sacrilegious to anyone listening in Philly. Uh, according to um, said significant other, the best cheese steaks she's ever had are at Passyunk Avenue in London, the uh, the Philly themed restaurant. I have no comment on that. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, Philly fans obviously would not be happy with that, and they don't believe you. So she can say that, and they certainly won't believe you. Philly does make a mean mean cheesesteak mm. um, I'm a big fan of a cheesesteak me too oh yeah in fact I might have one for lunch this week unless you have anything else to add here about uh, Always Sunny do you want to tell the good people where they can find you sure you can find me on Twitter at Justin underscore B come on by say hi see, see what I'm posting mostly football stuff but if you want some web or graphic work or want to see some of the graphic work I'm justin-b.com Excellent. And I am at She and Solo. You can, of course, come along and catch up with me there. Most of the content I'm putting out is about the show. So um, if you're listening to it, you'll have already interacted with those posts because it is largely me just telling people to listen. You, you can also get in touch with us on Instagram at Podcast, or you can drop us an email at Screen You Later. If you have any questions, suggestions, we're always looking for interesting stuff to talk about on the show. And uh, if there's something you want to hear two idiots talk about, then... Um, we two idiots would be happy to talk about it. And absolutely. Uh, without any further ado, screen you later. You gotta pay the troll toll. If you wanna get into that boy's hole, you gotta pay the troll toll to get in. You want the baby boy's hole, you gotta pay the troll toll. You gotta pay the troll toll.